Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the sky above us today. Happy Friday the 13th, everybody. Just to add magic and wonder and awe to the day, it is Friday the 13th. It is the beginning of the new Julian calendar, and to me, and the sun and earth are in uh, gates that remind us that reality is what we make of it. I'm having issues this morning, technical issues. Uh, first, it didn't want my camera, and then uh, I restarted my computer, and then the camera began to work. And uh, then when I went to start the show, it said I wasn't starting until 8.40, and I went baloney. So I must have hit something wrong. So I went back in, edited it, then it wouldn't let me start at 8 o'clock. <laughs> I had to start at 8.05, so it is one of those fun, fun days, right? Uh, <clears throat> but welcome uh, for those of you who are watching me live and those of you who will watch this or listen to this later on. It's good to be here and it's good to see all of you out there. So today is, uh, like I said, Friday. Happy Friday the 13th once more. And today we're going to be talking about, not necessarily talking about Friday the 13th, but everything about Friday th the 13th. It's magic and it's wonder. Uh, and it's, you know, there's a little bit of that scariness about it still in some, with some people and the awe it engenders all happening uh, right here today, even in the astrology of uh, what's happening right now. Uh, yeah, Debbie, it, it said 840 on my end. I don't know. Somehow it defaults to um, weird times when I set it up and I just didn't catch it this morning, I guess. Uh, but at any rate, I'm here. It's eight o'clock. My time ish. It's 803 ish. Um, went through all the problems, stayed cool and calm and collected. Uh, and, you know, now we have Mars moving direct. So at least some of the action principles are, are opening up for us, the pathways. But like when any planet changes, there's that wonkiness that happens right around it. So don't be surprised if the things, the things that you want to do, right, the things that you put out there, I'm going to do, uh, turn out wonky. And we still have Mercury retrograde. So of course, the wonky would take the form of computer or software issues. <laughs> but I waited through it, got to it, and uh, we're ready to go. So today I want to talk about what uh, sign the moon is in. It's in Libra, and it's making some interesting connections with other planets. And there's an interesting tie-in from the moon today to uh, the, uh, this weekend even to the sun. Of course, there always is that relationship, but it's pretty profound and in our faces uh, today. And as well, we end up with a week in our human design that is about magic, but also not getting so into the magic that we lose sight of what is real. So we're going to jump into that. Good morning to Tom. Hello, Julie Kiss and Pam Zaruba. Christine, good morning. And Debbie, of course, I was already chit-chatting there with you. Natasha, good morning. Tom says, I spoke with Pia and informed her of the connection of the PL Earth energy calendar and the Julian New Year. It's a 13 of the first week. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it is kind of interesting, right? Well, it was already interesting because the uh, Mayan, the Mayan calendar, the Pleiadian calendar all began 
uh, with a one energy on the first day of the new year or the first day of the month. And so for those first 13 days of 2023, those numbers have lined up the, the Gregorian calendar lining up with the Pleiadian Earth calendar, at least as it goes by number, right? Of course, that gets messed up tomorrow because it's the 14th, but it becomes the one uh, intuiting for the new week in the Pleiadian calendar. But today is 13 seeing. It is Friday the 13th. It is the end of the Julian calendar. It's kind of fun how all of that happens together. And I don't know that there's any deeper meaning to all of that. It just feels like there's a sync happening, right? A sync happening in the magic realm, right? Making it more real, perhaps more, uh, more reachable or more attainable for us. So let's just go with the flow and have fun with it. Uh, as well uh, as the moon in Libra, we also have two fairly significant transits happening this weekend, the sun in a sextile to Neptune, which is actually activated now, and Venus in a square to Uranus, which will happen tomorrow. And then Sunday kind of quiets down with the exception of the moon moving into Scorpio. So <clears throat> the weekend itself, it's not a bad weekend at all. It's just there are a couple of things to watch out for. A a couple of things to be aware of, I guess, is how I'd rather uh, present that to you. So let's dive in and let's start with the moon in Libra opposing Jupiter this morning. That's happened already. And so we have a tendency with the moon opposing Jupiter to get overly emotional, perhaps, or to somehow push things to the edge a little bit to get a little bit out of proportion. And then we have a trine to Mars. That will happen in just a little bit here. <clears throat> and that energy is very much like emotional explosions, right? Conflicts and confrontations may be taking on a little bit bigger life than what they would normally be. And with Mars in forward direction, but not moving, right? He's still sitting at the same degree that he uh, was at when he turned uh, retro, or, I mean, when he turned too direct, and he'll take some time before he picks up speed and moves on. So our frustration levels are still high. And our need or want or desire to keep to get moving, right, to push ourselves forward is still high. And yet, we don't have all of that energy ready to move forward. So uh, I did not miss the point, Tom. The, the Gregorian calendar started on January 1st. Today is January 13th. So there we go. Uh, so anyway, today with the moon in Libra, what we're being asked to do is balance out these energies, right? To balance all of these different planetary energies with one another in the sign of partnerships and relationships. I love when the moon is in Libra because it brings up the three C's, collaboration, cooperation, and co-creation. And that puts us all in the seat of responsibility for how it is that we're working together, right? Uh, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day about synarchy and synarchy being a word that comes from the gene keys. And it is offering us up a new form of leadership uh, for the planet, not a leadership of hierarchy where there's somebody that, you know, the base is always moving up to somebody that's in charge, right? The president, uh, our government is a hierarchy. Uh, and 
the uh, energy of that is slipping away slowly but surely as the times that we're in, the, the age that we're about to adopt is uh, an age where all voices matter, right? It's not just Black lives matter or women's voices that matter or men's voices that matter. It's all voices matter. All humanity matters. And as we move ever closer to uh, the age of Aquarius, moving with the pieces on the chessboard as they're moving more toward that energy, we're going to find that our partnerships and relationships are going to want to flow toward that kind of teamwork or synarchy. And literally in the gene keys, that's what it is. In the lowest expression, uh, it's the gate 44, by the way, if you're wondering which gate I'm talking about at that point. Uh, the 44, which is uh, interference in the lower levels and moving out of interference, we join up with teamwork. And when we can really get this idea of we're not just out going it alone as Mavericks would do, we're in together, right? We're interdependent upon one another. Uh, that's a Chironic word with Chiron and Aries. Then what happens is we begin to move to this highest form, which is synarchy. And synarchy means that we are together in the higher in the uh formation right we're together in the uh, organization and that's the direction that we're heading and we'll start to see that popping up in different uh different ways throughout the next several years and especially as we move on toward 2027 where the whole of the human design template shifts and will want to really start understanding, well, what does that mean for us? So the moon in Libra kind of gives us that insight into at least the teamwork part of it, that relationships aren't me versus you, that they're we, right? In your astrology chart, the first house is the house of I am, and it is an Aries house. Aries and Libra are across the axis from one another. So we have Libra on the seventh house. So if you looked at a chart, they are exactly opposing one another. And Libra or the seventh house is the house of we are. So we have we are and I am across from one another. It automatically kind of instills in you this need that we have to work in cooperation, right? Or co co collaboration, uh, if that is better a better word for you. The, in Libra, we also have the energy of the agreements and contracts that we've entered into. And with the energy of the moon in Libra and with Mercury in retrograde, although he's not retrograde in Libra, but this is still a theme, is that we are able to renegotiate the contracts or agreements that we have made with one another uh, or with anybody that is in our lives. Uh, if we have uh, when we have Mercury in retrograde, it's about renegotiation, right? As far as it is related to the moon in Libra. So negotiate or renegotiate the agreements that you've made, especially if you're feeling like you're not supported in that anymore, uh, or if somehow you gave away too much of yourself, it is definitely a time to go in and renegotiate. Now, Libra also rules art and beauty, the aesthetics of our world. So how things are decorated, if you will, the style, the grace of uh, a setting, whether it's nature or how we've, you know, colored something in or how we've decorated. 
Um, and it really does like the idea of alignment and design. It's an important part of Libran energy is, uh, it's, it's Venusian nature, right? Being ruled by Venus, who is by herself a planet of beauty and harmony and wanting to have that kind of balance and culture or culturedness, right? Being cultured. Balance is another big key theme with the moon in Libra as we are weighing all sides of something. Libra really has that great ability to see all sides. And that can lead them to the more negative aspect of indecision as seeing all sides can make it more difficult to say, you know, come down on one side or the other or say yes or no to something uh, because there's like parts of everything that sounds good, but there's parts of everything that doesn't sound so good. So we are having to be able to weigh and balance uh, the good with the bad, let's say, or the highest expression with the lowest expression. And that also happens to be something that happens in our real, our, our normal world where we have mediation ability. The moon in Libra is a consummate mediator, being able to see both sides, what's the benefit, what's the not so good side of everything. Equality is another key word we could use with the moon in Libra, wanting to be equal in all things. Fairness, right? That brings up the connection of Libra to the law, where the law is shown as the blindfolded goddess of balance and harmony, right? The scales of justice, blind because we don't want to see color, race, you know, prosperity, uh, poorness. We want to have justice be equal. Uh, and that it's fair and uh, justly uh, promoted in the world. Now, does that happen? Not always, right? But we try, we try, we try. So we want to watch out for a couple of things while the moon is in Libra. And by the way, she is in Libra all day today and all day tomorrow. And then Sunday morning, very early, four o'clock in the morning, my time, so 7 a.m. ish for those of you on the East Coast, she will move out of Libra and into Scorpio. There's a very short void of course moon from about, I think it was midnight to 4 a.m. my time. We're sleeping anyway, so does it really matter? Not to me. So don't worry about the void of course this weekend because it's happening while we're in bed uh, or asleep and or if you're you know, in a time zone that's a little bit later, your day might be embracing the void, of course, for a little bit, but it's also a Sunday, not necessarily. Well, I guess it would be Monday if you're in Australia. Uh, so just know it's a short void, of course. And for most of us around the world, it isn't even going to be affecting us. And then the moon will go into Scorpio. Uh, so watching out for losing ourselves in relationships, right? Losing, you have to balance the I and the we, right? Or the me and the you in uh, a relationship. And the tendency for Libra is to be overly accommodating to, in a way, say yes to too many things, or just, you know, be having a sort of uh, uh, defining yes to everything. And then later going back and going, why, you know, feeling taken for granted of, uh, that kind of thing. So watch what you're saying yes to watch what it is that you are, if you're being overly accommodating to what another person wants, uh, or if you find yourself being a yes man or yes woman, right? So saying yes, um, indecision, another big part here. And I'm going to tell you, it's okay to be indecisive. I'm going to tell you, it's okay to hold off decisions for right now, because there are other factors that are also 
playing that out for us. It is not a time today, tomorrow, or the weekend to make big moves. It's a time to really just keep considering, um, weighing the options, balancing everything that's out there and available, uh, and indecision then being maybe a symptom of it not being the right timing, right? It's not the right time. Uh, but also that happens to be a trait within Libra is that waffling between decision. And yet the waffling, I think, really serves us at this moment in time. All right. Now, let us uh, let me say good morning to people who have popped in here. Terry Strauss, good morning to you. Uh, Michelle Gay Good, good morning. She says, my Libra moon is hard sometimes. Yes. For those of us who are surrounded by Librans, <laughs> can be a challenge. We might be challenged by the own Libra placement in our own charts. And if you have planets in Libra, that can be very challenging as the moon swinging through Libra picks on those planets, if you will, right? Starts to point out the issues. But um, if we look at the human design of the moon in Libra, or at least today's moon in Libra, what we find is the moon is at the gate 57. And the gate 57 really it's a really good placement for the moon because the moon is so intuitive and the gate 57 is about clarity that comes from your intuition or comes from you know that instinctual awareness so today with the gate 57 being highlighted for all of us you know tapping if you can't get a read on what to do by you know what you see or you hear or you know then maybe look more towards your instinct right they, what is your your inner creature saying about what to do or what not to do uh and if you cannot make a decision that is okay because maybe the timing isn't right to make that decision right so go with the flow <laughs> um the gate 32 will also pop into existence later today and the gate 32 is sitting on the spleen center so is the 57. so we have the potential for some fear energy to pop in or shadowy energy the shadowy energy of the gate 57 is a fear of the future maybe even a fear that if i don't act now or if i don't take on this you know project or say yes right now then i won't have that opportunity later and I just want to say that in the context of your human design and your astrology, that nothing that is absolutely meant for you will ever be withheld from you, right? If right now isn't the moment to say yes, and the opportunity slips by, that is how it should be. We, we can't see all the ramifications of whether if, if we had said yes. And if it's meant for you, it will come back right in the right time and the right place with the right people the right opportunity etc so there's a, an amount of faith that's starting to show up in our outer world it was one of the key words i felt for 2023 and faith that we're in the right place that we are doing the right things that our decisions are correct for us having faith that if even right now isn't the right time that the right time will occur and come back to us if that is the right opportunity, for example, or if that's the right person. Now, today, the moon in Libra is in a helpful relationship with the sun, as the sun is actually in a sextile uh, with the planet Neptune. So the sun being the force of our ego and our personality, Neptune being the higher self if in uh, spiritual terms, the part of us connected to the divine, 
uh, but also the part of us that is very imaginative and can dream the dream, but then can get lost in the dream uh, without actually getting into the concrete world, right? So having the, the, the sun and Neptune coming together, especially in a sextile, which is a 60 degree relationship between the planets. And a 60 degree relationship means that while they aren't seeing exactly the same way, they are, there's enough commonality between where they are that they understand one another, right? So Neptune in Pisces and the sun in Capricorn, able at least to hold a conversation, even if they're not exactly speaking the same language. Uh, it might be, you know, that they just are able to get the gist of what's going on together. So in this respect, then the moon in Libra is helping with the sun in Neptune to help us not make snap decisions right? To not make those big moves in our lives yet, helping us to tune into imagination, helping us to tune into our intuition. And this increases then for the today and tomorrow, because this is going to hang on for a couple of days, um, our ability to be instinctually aware, to tap into knowingness, right? I don't always know how I know what I know, I just know. And it is... Um, also worth our remembering that we can be a bit blinded or foggy right now, that we don't have everything that we need. All the pieces aren't there with a clear plan yet of what to do with them. And so holding on for a bit, maybe continuing the imagination, continuing the planning, uh, continuing the reworking or the renegotiating, all of that is favored while we're waiting for that real big go sign, which really does not happen until after we get into the last week or the one, two, three, fourth week of this month. Uh, so fun stuff, right? Um, the moon and Libra also can help keep us blinded to what is real or what is true uh, or what is it, it is that our next steps are meant to be. As again, you know, the moon and Libra can see all sides of things. Uh, as well, maybe hold on making those decisions, right? And we still have Mercury retrograde. We still have Uranus retrograde. Both of them next week are going to change. And that's going to be very helpful in seeing our way forward. So we can't, we have breathing room. We have wiggle room right now. We don't have to make the big decisions. And if there are forces out there trying to make you to make a big decision right now, then what you have to say to yourself is that maybe this isn't the right thing for me, right? That pressure isn't necessarily something that is the right thing in this moment. So be aware, right? Uh, so let's see, Joan Durchie, good morning. And JLo says she also has a Libra moon and Pluto. So let's see what pops up. Uh, yeah, indeed, right? That that can be really interesting. The good thing with the moon, though, is she moves fairly quickly. So those moments where we have something that is uh, uh, going on in our lives, whether it's a, a conflict or any kind of confrontation, can, you know, we know that it's going to pass through quickly. Now, the reaction energy, though, if we react rather than responding, uh, that is probably where there could be problems that linger for us in the emotional field where we feel bad uh, or we, you know, how many times we run through conversations in our head 
afterwards and we go, why didn't I say this? Or I should have said this, that kind of thing could be going on. But still, the point of the matter is to stay kind of, you know, in equanimity because it really truly isn't the right time yet to jump out in very big ways. So now as well, this weekend, we have Venus in a square to Uranus. Venus, a personal planet, Uranus, an outer planet. So we have, you know, our very personal reactions to things, our very personal connection to things in a a challenge to the larger, wider world, right? The Uranian world is one of rebellion or revolution. It's one of awakening by shock. It's one of initiation into a higher way of being. But Venus, you know, our personal connection to each other in terms of love uh, or relationships, but also uh, finances or money and prosperity and abundance and also our value, our self-worth right? So Venus holding some very personal energy and Uranus here to break it up, right? To make it go somewhere, to make it move. So there's a potential challenge in, this is on Saturday through Sunday, but a potential challenge or a struggle that comes up, uh, perhaps upset in relationships, especially in our relationships, but it can also be uh, an upset in our financials, uh, in the way that we value ourselves or how we see ourselves as worthy. And it doesn't always mean just because a personal planet's involved that it's your own issue, right? These things could be happening on the bigger, wider world stage when we have a collective planet involved as well. But there is a tendency here for us, I think if it's going to be personalized, the tendency for us as individuals would be toward impulsiveness, to do things on a whim, to buy or purchase big ticket items on a whim, to spend money on a whim, to uh, start a fight, pick a fight with our loved ones on a whim, uh, uh, impulsively reacting to something that's going on around you. And sudden attractions. Also, Venus squaring Uranus can be very interesting in a social situation where you can sort of watch people being pulled toward one another. Um, You kind of can feel like there's the potential for fatal attractions for uh, just, you know, out of your mind kind of connections to other people that, you know, can create situations in our relationships that are not helpful at all. So now those are extreme ends of of that uh, transit, but mostly for most of us, uh, we may feel potentially uh, impacted by something going on in our relationships, uh, something we might need to process through ourselves, maybe a comment uh, or, you know, an outright conflict. It doesn't have to be that. It's not specifically conflict as in, if this were Mars and the potential would be kind of an explosive conflict, perhaps it's more like being challenged on some level by something and then having to do the work inside of us to wonder why, what was that uh, challenge about? You know, how is that affecting me? That kind of thing. So be watchful for that, but it doesn't have to, it's not going to take down the weekend unless you succumb to reactionary or reactive energy Uh, if you face some form of challenge. So hopefully that's understandable for everybody. And now 
uh, what I really want to do is start talking about the uh, magic and wonder aspect of the week that we are in with the sun at the gate 61. And the 61 is on the head center, uh, the top center uh, of your human design. It is a center that is all about pressure in its lower extreme. The pressure that we see or feel with the gate 61 is really about the pressure to answer questions. So there could be a lot of questioning that goes on with the sun at this particular gate. And the question specifically is why? Why? <laughs> That's like the two-year-old that always wants to know why. Uh, the why, the why, the why, right? And we, interestingly enough, can see that in that top center, those three gates, the 64, the 61, and the 63, fall to the pressure of seeking energy. So seeking answers, right? Seeking uh, the answer to whether it's a simple question, like, how am I going to do that? Or is it a bigger question? Like, how does the universe work, right? Those questions are all in the head. And because it's a pressure center, sometimes we succumb to the pressure. And that's the that would be the lowest energy of it. If we look at the gene keys, where we see the shadow, the gift, and the city, um, this would be in the shadow, right? The shadow here would be pressure, the pressure to answer who, what, when, why, where, how, can you prove it, right? Looking for mind information, the details perhaps, or the, um, the reasons rather than allowing as the gate 61 would want is our connection to the magical, right? Or to the wonder, to the awe of living life on this planet. So in the highest expression, by the way, of the head center, the top center is consciousness, right? Everything that we learn, whether it's information uh, that seems very much real world practical information, as well as the magical things, the wondrous things, the cosmic things that we get uh, affected by, or that we find out or discover, are all leading us to higher consciousness, right? Embodying more and more wisdom. So the center itself is an interesting center when we look at it, when we start to break it down that way. Then when we look at the actual gate 61, the gate 61 in, uh, it, it has some interesting, you know, uh, history to it, I think, in that the 61 is a gate that in uh, human design, a traditional human design, was the gate of um, thinking. And uh, gosh, I got to get the name of that. Hold on, I have the book right here, because I want to make sure we get this correctly here. Uh, gate 61. By the way, I'm looking at the Human Design for Everyone book by Ketan Parkin. And he really, his information really is definitely much more about the uh, traditional human design, Inner Truth. Inner Truth. That's the name of the more traditional human design gate, where in quantum human design, it's more of, it's called wonder, the wonder and awe or um, the magic comes into that. So we have, you know, kind of a difference here. And how do we bring it together? And in a way, in the Gene Keys, you know, Richard Rudd really brings this gate together really nicely with magical realism in some ways, right? Magically real. The real world is part magic 
and we can see the wonder and the awe in all of that, you know, whether it's the beauty of nature or the uh, faces of our children, what have you, uh, and that we can also be practically engaged in the world, right? We can apply love energy, which is kind of a magical energy. We can apply um, that magic to the real world, that they are not mutually exclusive. They're not going in different directions. They live together. So the sun in this respect is really bringing that home to us, right? The 61 really lives in a place of being, you know, receiving inspiration from both the unseen realm, because it lies partly, right? That center lies partly above us, right? In the uh, etheric. And then it's also partly in the body. So we're kind of acting in this way uh, as receivers of magic, of awe of wonder. And I, I really like the idea of that being where the sun is, especially, you know, right now where there's so many seemingly, you know, drastic things going on. If it's not the weather, it's things in the government, it's people dying uh, yesterday, you know, realizing, you know, some uh, these iconic people are, are leaving the planet. Um, it just really starts to, you know, uh, undermine, you know, our feelings uh, about life in general. And yet the gate 61 encourages us to tap into the magic that, yeah, there are some practical things, right? Life also leads to death. Uh, but in between lives the magic, right? Lives the magic. And this is also a gate that bring that triggers curiosity in some way. Right. So we might see something of interest and we 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 pull I like to call it pulling threads. Right. We pull that thread and we begin to move forward looking for something new, dreaming the dream. That's also a part of this energy that the sun brings us. Uh, it is in some respects, the 61 has trouble in kind of being able to translate what it knows. I guess you could say translating knowingness in that there's information and inspiration and just ideas coming in. Uh, and then if we try to take that and bring it, it's in the head, right? So the pressure in the head wants to share the information, right? Wants to take action on that information, even though it's not an action oriented place. So we can be very challenged to try to share how we're feeling or what we're seeing or what the wonder and magic are into words, right? Knowingness sometimes cannot translate into words as well as sometimes the beauty that we see in something, it defies words, right? It defies our being able to say what it is that we saw. Uh, looking uh, the other night, there was this gorgeous sunset. It was, you know, reddish, almost like the reddish orange of my shirt. And, you know, trying to describe that, even trying to take a picture of it, you know, unless you have a very high powered camera that can miss the wholeness of the magic that you're witnessing. So sometimes magic is just in the experience, right? And it defies our being able to say to somebody uh, what it is that we are feeling or sensing in that magic. So don't be surprised if something very inspirational happens and then you know that it's maybe a sign or that it's something that you, you know, some knowledge or awareness you want to take with you and you can't describe it. 
right? You can't, you have trouble putting it into words. It is, um, it is a place in our human design where we can get really lost in the trying to describe or to try to bring it to life. So sometimes we just have to take what it is we're experiencing and, and just own it, just hold it in ourselves, right? We, we don't always have to share with others. Sometimes the magic is just for you to behold and not necessarily for you to share, uh, obviously, because sometimes it's really hard to express to others what that's all about. So the challenge for us all during the sun in this gate is really about being able to uh, not try to figure out why or um, any of the of those pressure kinds of questions, right? To not let the pressure of trying to know the answer or figure out the answer to those questions keep you from staying in the present moment, being in the now. Now the earth, the earth on the other side is in a very practical oriented gate. And that also adds some, you know, uh, fuel to the pressure we may be feeling in that the earth is sitting at the gate 62. And the 62 is a gate that sits on uh, the Ajna, excuse me, sits on the throat and is an energy about details, right? Seeing the details. It combines with the gate 17 of the Ajna to complete a channel that really uh, is logical. It, it's the sort of beginning energies of the scientific method, right? Where we have a hypothesis and we can't prove it's true or not yet. We have to go through all the steps to see that it's true. So in the gate 62 is what we have is preparation energy, right? Seeing to the details in order to utilize the magic, the wonder and the awe coming down uh, to us from the sun at this particular time. It is an energy of needing to be organized with your thoughts, it is an or uh, an energy of being prepared, right? Having things in order, if you will, um, and then it can lead us to worry and overwhelm that we aren't ready, right? That it can shut us down actually if we feel like we don't have enough preparation done, if we haven't, you know, made enough, uh, if we haven't tapped into enough of the details to do it. So. There's two fronts here with the earth. One, we have to be comfortable with a plan, right? Some people don't like plans, but we have to be comfortable here now with a plan. But we also have to get comfortable with the not plan, right? That that we can plan everything, but that sometimes organically things are going to move in a different direction. So you want to leave some openness in the plan to tap into and bring in the wonder and the awe not to get so worried and overwhelmed by preparing for something that that you you lose or miss the magic right the magic of that being able to be uh spontaneous in some ways right to spontaneously bring in some new energy uh this is a, a challenge then for us to be aware to trust maybe even uh, might be a better word to trust that if we've done our work, that we will be prepared, right? That we're prepared for our being able to move forward. Um, and, and, you know, it, it just, it's very interesting now how this energy is showing up 
with Mars having just turned to direct motion and Mercury not there yet, but getting ready to next week on the 18th move direct. And then Uranus on the 22nd moving direct. So we'll have all planets direct for a while. Uh, the main thing, the takeaway is here to be prepared, but to leave room, leave room for the magic, right? Because all plans can sometimes go awry and the worry or overwhelm comes in when things aren't following the plan and, you know, it blows up on us kind of thing. So take that in mind uh, as well. Remember, this is fear and worry energy in its lowest expression and that it is a tendency to want to over prepare and then feel very constricted by that preparation. And then, of course, that is almost an open invitation for the universe to come in and just swirl it around a little bit and <laughs> create chaos or upset. So we might, on one hand, be feeling pressured, feeling um, feeling that overwhelm, uh, and that gets caught up in the overwhelming feeling we may have of wanting to move forward and yet it's not and that can lead us to frustration right so the energy this week and weekend is a little bit uh difficult but it doesn't have to take you out right just doesn't start doing the the backward and but leave some room for the magical to happen right for some of that to to leak in right to be in awe almost of where could this conversation go or where could this project go right so that i'm not just blinded or have blinders on narrowing my field of vision about what could be that I stay open and curious in some ways, but open minded, open hearted. So hopefully that is very helpful for everybody. JLo says interesting. As the night drew closer, a storm passed through and lit the sky up, but the back of my head felt a bit sore. Too interesting for me. Wow, back of your head felt sore. Hmm. So maybe what's what's waiting to come forth, right? What what's being triggered in in the back of the mind or behind the scenes that you know is ready to become launched? Kind of cool. J Lo, thank you so much for the reminder. Please remember to hit the like button, and that helps boost the views for the video and gets it out to the wider networks out there. If you're on Facebook, you're hitting the the like button. If you're on YouTube, you're hitting the thumbs up button. Uh, but that becomes something helpful and useful to creating space for the video to be seen and heard. Uh, okay, so I am done with, I can't even believe it, it's only 8.43. I'm done with everything that I had prepared for today. So now I'm turning it over to you um, for your questions, for uh, observations of your own chart. What do you want to talk about? Uh, great word with the 12th house, sun always hidden. Ha <laughs> ha. Right. We 12th house sons. Uh, Cheryl, good morning to you. Haven't seen you in a while. It's great to have you with us live this morning. And Kamal, hello to you. Great to have you with us. Uh, Tom, I can't do cards because, well, I guess I could if you guys are okay with me not being visible for a minute while I grab them because they're over there and everything's piled on top of them. Uh, so let's do that, though. I might as well move this stuff now. I'm trying to find a new way of doing cards because i have so many of them and my laptop is in the way 
Aha. I've got the cards. So who would like a card reading? <laughs> Tom, obviously you want a card reading. What card would you like? What deck would you like? Not what card, but what deck would you like us to draw a card for you from? Uh, let me know that and I'll be happy to do that. JLo says, Janet, any feelings of the asteroid coming closer to us? I, I'm, I'm wondering if you mean the comet that's coming closer and that is uh, going to be viewed. It's interesting. Be, I, I, I'm going to talk about the comet because if there is an asteroid, I haven't heard about it. Um, Pleiadian, Tom says. Okay, so the asteroid, I mean, the uh, comet that is coming toward us at this moment in time hasn't been seen on the planet uh, since the Ice Age. The Ice Age. That's crazy, right? That's like 12,000 years ago. And I, I have no idea from the astrological point of view because I just haven't really looked at that too much, but I'm fascinated that it's going to become visible that visible to the naked eye, not just with binoculars or telescopes or high powered, you know, viewers. Um, so I'm fascinated by that. Uh, you know, is it a harbinger of things to come, right? Comets were always viewed with some trepidation by our forefathers as it often kind of presaged something of major import happening on uh on the planet or in you know their world so the visibility of a comet might you know portend the change in leadership of of the kings or the queens and or it might you know create a pathway to war or uh signal some kind of marauders that are going to come in there there's a lot of things like that uh that comets uh, were associated with. Now, of course, more modern man, we know that's not necessarily, you know, there's not a causal thing, right? It's as above, so below. So a comet coming to us with something that hasn't been seen since the ice age might be us needing to, a call for us to get back to what's basic with us as humans. How do we come together, right? In the ice age, the only way humanity survived was because they were able to come together. Right? They banded together to keep each other warm, to keep each other safe, to uh, find food and shelter, that type of thing. So maybe that is uh, what that's about. So I don't know. Uh, I haven't even heard other astrologers talking about that in this uh, so far yet. So maybe I'll start looking for that. Or now that we've had this conversation, it'll probably start popping up. All right. I see uh, people asking for... Pleiadian cards. Uh, was anyone around during the Ice Age that's still here now? So we're at the, so humanity, um, yes, there were toward the end of that Ice Age, not toward the beginning of that Ice Age, but definitely there were humans on the planet, not as we know them now, but definitely they were here. And it's interesting to me too, that it was out of the Ice Age because, you know, a lot of people are worried about climate change and how warm it has been getting. Um, but it's also a trigger to another ice age. So keep that in mind. So Tom, this card is for you. It is the relationship card, card number 12. It says attachment. And down at the bottom, it says, release your attachments to anyone or anything. Attachments, beautiful card. Right, this is out of the Pleiadian deck. And let's see if we can't find out more information about this card in relationships. 
number 12, there it is. It says, having no attachments means enjoying what you have and love. Enjoy what you have. Release things that are not important or needed. You may also wish to release relationships with people who are no longer in alignment with your evolutionary path. Do not even be attached to what you want to happen. <laughs> have an intention that you hold as a preference and make active choices to participate in manifesting your preferences. But do not be so attached to your expectations that you are disappointed if they do not come true. Having no attachments frees you to be available to any potentials and possibilities that may come to you. Releasing of attachments is important and relevant in every aspect of your life. It is relevant in regard to people that you love, to conversations that you have, to projects you may wish to pursue. It is relevant to everything. Leaving your attachments behind opens you to the freedom to have different and better experiences. Open your heart and release everything that no longer serves you in your life. And then with matched with the energy of the 12, which is understanding, understand that preferences are always available, but to prevent disappointments, do not attach to outcomes. That's a good one for all of us to remember. So Tom, that's your card. Attachments releasing attachments. All right. Um, Kamal says, yes, can I get a card, a wisdom card? I think you mean the wisdom of the oracles. So yes, I would be able to do that for you. And Christine, uh, or healing with art says prayers for Chihuahua. I think I remember that somebody's dog, somebody's Chihuahua was missing. And uh, so we, of course, send prayers out there for that. Uh, Pam would like a Pleiadian card. Do you mean Pleiadian for you personally or Pleiadian uh, for the collective? Uh, Christine kind of asked for a collective card with a message about my neighbor's lost children. Oh, it was you, Hefe. That's right. Hefe. Hefe still hasn't been found. That is disturbing at best, isn't it? When our animals go missing, um, you know, and it's bald eagle time. And I'm hoping that there wasn't something nefarious in that way that happened. All right. So Kamal, right now, while I'm waiting for Pam to tell me whether she wanted a Pleiadian card for herself or for the collective, uh, I think she meant for herself. Let's do a wisdom card for you, shall we? And your wisdom card is exchanging gifts, card number 27. But that card was also upside down. So an upside down card means it's in protection. And this card is 27, which is a nine. So let's see what that has to do for you. 27. Okay, so the um, essential meaning of this card, Kamal, is the law of giving and receiving, currency, trade-offs, weighing costs, and determining value. And it says, be careful what you pray for because you just might get it and then realize you don't want to face the hefty price tag that comes with it. You may find yourself in a situation you've always desired, but know you will have to walk away from or even fail at because you can't or won't pay the dues it asks of you. If you want to be a famous musician, you have to practice your craft every day. If you want to be a millionaire, you have to be responsible for managing the money and paying the taxes. Even a windfall bears a cost, it's okay, though, because spirit will help you achieve balance over time. Another message here reminds you that being only the giver and not the receiver plays out in many relationships in your life where you find yourself in victim mode 
or in a codependent dynamic or holding on to a false sense of control. Others may push you to continue to prove yourself. The time has come to distance yourself from this kind of imbalance. Being aware of the need for both give and take is the first step to your true destiny. It's all good and getting better. Not only can you handle this, but you can flourish as a result of it. So that is the exchanging gifts card for you. All right, let's see. Pam. Yes, her please. Okay, so Pam, uh, let me put these wisdom cards away for a second so I can grab back the creating cards. All right, so uh, all right, so Pam, manifestation energy and structure it's card number four to manifest more multi-dimensional possibilities become more open and flexible open and flexible that's a nice looking card too let's see what that means that is in the manifestation uh part of this so we have to manifest anything in your life you must be flexible most of your third dimensional structure is based on density and compactness, creating the solid and compressed physical reality with which you are familiar. What you see around you is uh, what you see around you is what you have manifested unconsciously through your thoughts and belief systems. You make your environment denser and more compressed by holding negative thoughts rather than allowing the lighter energies that are available to help you manifest more easily. You make your life more difficult when you remain stuck in old patterns and beliefs that keep you continually manifesting the same thing subconsciously over and over again. To consciously manifest something different, you must be positive, flexible, and fluid, using the lighter aspects of energy to make the changes you wish to see. In terms of the soul manifesting blueprint, you take new action, new action, not just think about it, and not just hold on to, you know, this dream or thought processes. You got to do something new, something different. Bring lighter energies from other dimensions to help you manifest more quickly and trust in what is possible. Use the cosmic energies outside of the third dimension that are more fluid to manifest in a more flexible fashion. True conscious manifestation accesses all dimensions, inviting the energy to form into what you wish to create in the third dimension. Now, this is universal energy four, which is foundation energy. Be flexible and fluid rather than stubborn and rigid in your thoughts and beliefs. This is the foundation you need for positive manifestation. So there you go. That's your card. And again, that also has good meaning for all of us, I think, right? Perfect. Uh, Kamal says, wonderful. This resonates with me. I really needed that wisdom to move on in life. And I am going through a little death. That happens. That happens. That happens. All right. So uh, Kamal, I got you. Okay. Who am I missing here? Who needs a card? I have about four minutes left, so I could probably do one for one more person. Oh, Christine wants a card for the collective. And I think that's a good idea. So let's pull an animal spirit card, shall we? Because we're looking for a lost chihuahua. 
also, for those of you who know Asa, um, her stepfather passed away yesterday, day before yesterday. So if you all talk to her, cheer her up, send her some loving wishes. Um, it's always tough, you know, to lose a parent. And um, yeah, so sending her love, sending her our hearts. And now I'm drawing a card for the collective, an animal card. And I pulled Bobcat Spirit. Life is a mystery. Card number eight, infinity, right? Things, what goes around comes around. Uh, Bobcat Spirit was actually upside down. So a protection message. Let's see what Bobcat, that's a pretty card. Look at the cat. So it's interesting that this kind of a cat would come up though with a missing chihuahua. Uh, I don't know if she lives somewhere where Bobcats are in this area. <sighs> the Oracle message, the Bobcat in protection says, Bobcat spirit tells you this is not a time to reveal your deepest, most cherished dreams and desires to others, but rather a time to be quiet and gentle with yourself as truths begin to emerge in your awareness. Self-protection is called for, so be discerning, selective, and even secretive, revealing no more than is necessary. People have a way of imposing their opinions on you, so pay attention to whom you surround yourself with at this time. Be watchful and check your own motives as well as those of others as you keep your secrets to yourself for now, rather than exposing them to those who may potentially misunderstand your intentions or who may not be supportive. Let your logical mind take a rest as you start to perceive the energy of your environment. Bobcat spirit wants you to be stealthy and wise and keep your own counsel. Let yourself be a mystery yet to be revealed. Bobcat spirit. I'm not sure that that really helps us with our little friend Hefe, but it's a good message for all of us nonetheless. All right, uh, let's see. I'll take one last look at comments here. Uh, Pam says she needed to hear that. You're most welcome. All right, that is it for me today, you guys. I will see you on Monday. Uh, take care, have a great day, and thank you so much for joining me. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.